Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast with Pastor Joseph Gibson at Cranberry Community Church. We hope God speaks to your heart through today's message. Some of you know my father-in-law, Pat Summers. Um, uh, Pat, there's, there's a lot of irony with Pat. Pat planted a church uh, in Morris, Pennsylvania in 1996. 1996. Uh, and when he planted the church, uh, the name of the church was Cranberry Community Church. Uh, and they ended up changing the name to Crossway, so be looking for that one of these days. We're going to become Crossway. No, we're not really. We're Cranberry. Uh, but uh, uh, what you may not know about my father-in-law is, is uh, I, I don't know if we would be here uh, without a church. Just the, the constant support and encouragement he's been to me uh, through the highs and lows of church planning and uh, just uh, being there and encouraging us and giving us wisdom. So uh, I'm so thankful uh, to Pat and, and to my mother-in-law who's uh, with the kids in the back. They're doing a birthday party for Jesus right now. Uh, so that's going on back there. But Pat's going to bring us the message this morning. Uh, he's running that. You can go ahead and come up. Uh, uh, Pat stepped down from, um, from pastoring to begin running a missions organization. And he's going to talk a little this morning as well about what's going to be our missions focus uh, uh, for our church over the next uh, few months. Uh, so with that, I'll just pray over you, Pat. Lord, I thank you so much for Pat and just uh, his ministry to us, Lord, behind the scenes. And I pray your blessings over him, uh, uh, over Think Missions, God. I pray for 2021 to be the best year they've ever had. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for the kind words, Joseph. It's a joy to be with you guys this morning. And we are so excited about all that God is doing under Pastor Joseph's leadership and just with uh, all of you, the congregation, what he's doing here. And we've been watching it from, from day one. And we're uh, privileged to be a part of um, your mission outreach. And as Joseph said, the Lord called us into full-time missions. We started a mission agency, and it's called Think Missions. And you guys have uh, been partnering with us. And so the quick report that I'm going to give you this morning, uh, you can celebrate because you helped make this happen. And uh, I'm going to do that and then just share a short Christmas message. Um, we work in several areas of the world. And by God's grace, we were able to get in four mission trips before COVID shut all the travel down. And... and um, we, uh, we were in Cuba for three different missions earlier this year, and uh, we had 329 church planners in attendance at our conferences there. We trained church planners, and we, we helped them plant new churches, and through our partner support, we were able to help start 17 more churches in the island of Cuba. Pray for Cuba. They are really going through a very, very difficult time. Over the last year and a half, two years, uh, they've had some transition with leadership. It's been very difficult for the church. There's a lot of oppression that's been taking place. Right now, uh, there are food shortages, gas shortages, uh, COVID shutdowns. Uh, we lost one of the pastors that we work with there to COVID. Um, it's really bad. People stand in line for a leg of chicken or piece of some rice for six, eight hours. And uh, I mean, they're in hyperinflation now. It, it's just... Uh, it's bad. I just talked to one of our leaders yesterday, actually, and by God's grace, we have been able, it's been very difficult with, uh, with Cuba, but we've been able to help uh, with some relief work there. And so that's what our ministry has been able to do uh, since, uh, you know, March is, 
is to transition into helping to provide relief outreaches to these needy places. In Cuba, we were planning on being back there a couple more times in the fall, and uh, we just had, we couldn't get there. Also, we work in Bolivia, the poorest country in South America. Um, we have lost, uh, at this point, it's, it's at least 120 uh, evangelical pastors in Bolivia to COVID. 40 of them have been a part of our network that we work with there. We've been working there for almost 20 years now uh, because it's a poorest country, South America. They don't have infrastructure and medical. And, and so what happened was these pastors were caring for the sick people in their congregations. They contracted the virus. And, and especially in the high altitudes where the oxygen is very thin, places where we've worked and built and planted churches, um, people really, uh, have, they were dropping like flies, honestly. Uh, so, I mean, <laughs> we've had it real bad here, but there are other places in the world, these third world emerging nations that are really getting hammered. I mean, you can't go down to the temp agency and replace these pastors who have you know, been caring for communities. And, and so pray for Bolivia. Uh, we were not able to get into Bolivia. We have been able to send uh, uh, you know, a lot of relief money to care for widows and, and these orphans and, and for these needy pastors and their families. India, I have some pictures of India for you. Uh, we had a mission there earlier in March, there for a couple weeks and uh, working on a Bible school that we have built there because when we went to plant churches in India, they didn't have pastors to plant churches with. Uh, and there wasn't enough pastors. So we started a Bible school, graduated a, a graduating class. We have a young man now that's going to be planting a church with us. Um, but as we were there, and uh, we just, I just got back to the States, actually. The day after I got back to the States after being in India, uh, they closed, closed the country down due to COVID, but we were able to minister to 537 people in eight different services throughout India. We laid a lot of brick. We do construction work. We're, we're involved in helping to plant a brand new, build a brand new church there as well. That had been on hold for a while, but it's back up and going. Uh, since that time, we've been doing relief work, and uh, you can show the next slide. Uh, through partners like you, actually, you guys made a donation to India and helped with, uh, you know, we'd buy uh, rice and beans and, and then we'd have these food relief outreaches throughout what the, we were up in northern India where the Christian population is 0.01%. Statistically, there aren't any Christians there. That's why we're there to help to plant churches. We had over 600 uh, people at this food outreach and uh, you know just going through different tea gardens and neighborhoods and these very poor places we were able to not only through our team on the ground distribute this food and and some uh, hygiene items and so forth but everybody got to hear the gospel message uh, here's the pastor the leader that we work with pastor Bassant. he has been working so hard in fact, uh, I just got word two days ago that they were doing a human trafficking outreach, which is a new ministry that we've recently started there as well. And he has been out. They're doing all kinds of creative things to serve people. You can see they're cutting hair. Um, but his wife, 
uh, very well might have COVID now. We just found out two days ago uh, with Pastor Bassant. So what's happening there is since our Bible school couldn't meet this fall, uh, we've been involved in all these relief outreaches. And you know what the devil meant for bad with this whole crazy virus and all this stuff and shutting down churches. Uh, God has been turning for good because in northern India with generational false religion, it takes so long to see somebody come to Christ. But I got to tell you, over the last several months of these food outreaches where the church has been literally the hands and feet of Christ, feeding and helping and caring for people, uh, we have seen hundreds of people respond to the gospel message. And uh, so there's a lot going on over in India. We also, uh, because of uh, the, the bad conditions there, hold up right one minute here, because of the, the, what's going on, back up one slide for me. Uh, people are coming in and exploiting the, the young girls and you know, telling them they can take them to a city where there's work because people are starving because they have no work and everything's been shut down. This is Nikita, she's one of the girls that our team over there recently rescued um, and, uh, from human trafficking and, and they are exploiting these girls. So we started a new ministry and at our Bible school that we've built over the last few years, we have room to house 20 girls and for $1,000 a girl, we can give them room and board, we'll feed them, we care for them, we have a brand new facility that teams that we've helped to build over there, and, uh, and then we also will provide vocational education for them. They're involved in Bible studies and church. They come out new creations for six months. We can rescue a girl uh, for, for, you know, and pull her out of that, that sex uh, slave trade and human trafficking and help them to establish and, and have a brand new life. We, we recently, ha we have 14 of these girls sponsored. Our Bible school can hold 20. So we're, we're praying for six more, 6,000 more to, to finish that up. Uh, also, my associate, Dwayne Goodling, has been involved in Pakistan. Oh, uh, the, there's the next slide. They were protesting the government uh, for human rights violation because back in June 5th, there was a, a, a boy, uh, uh, Samaru is his name, and uh, he was kidnapped. They found him June 6th, had been murdered, uh, beaten and murdered, and the only reason that he was murdered is because he became a Christian, because of his faith in Christ. And so the radicals took him and beat him. Young, young, young boy, uh, he was 14 years old, so uh, the pastors went to the government officials on, in protest over that. Uh, and the officials, unfortunately, in, in those places where there's a lot of oppression and persecution, a lot of that justice stuff falls on deaf ears, but the church is pushing back. The church is standing up and, and pushing for righteousness. Uh, my associate also works remotely in Pakistan, another very difficult, we go to these difficult, sensitive countries, and um, by God's grace, he has been 
literally preaching to thousands via the internet where his team on the ground assembles these, has these outreaches and he has been able to provide some food relief, much needed Bibles and seeing hundreds of people come to Christ as well. So even in the midst of not being able to travel as much as we're accustomed to because we take teams you know, to these different countries, um, we're still seeing God move in some amazing ways. So I don't know about you, but that gets me a little bit excited. You say praise the Lord for what he's doing in, in these places of the world. Thank you, Father. Thank you that uh, even though so many churches are shut down, even though so many countries are, um, Lord, just going through such extreme difficulty, we know that uh, in some of these places, uh, our leaders in Cuba, for example, have told us it's so difficult. It's so, uh, it, they're going through so much, but yet the church is growing because people are hopeless and they see the light in the believer's eyes and they're coming. And, and, and even though <laughs> the, the, the family of God is making a way with open arms and they are seeing many new names written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And we thank you for that. As we are looking to Christmas this week, we, we are, are just so grateful that this is only possible through you, Lord Jesus. We bless you. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, I want to share scripture with you from Isaiah chapter 9. Oh, I'm sorry. We had a, that's the result of those outreaches. 18 were baptized. 18 made a public profession of faith and you know it means <laughs> when you're in India and you make that kind of public profession for some of them it means you're going to be ostracized from your family you know kicked out of your home it, it's it's really quite a statement the, the young man in the middle um, Susiman is one of our Bible school graduates who has recently gone to a village where there were no known Christians and he has three families now in Bible study with him. And he is going to be our next church plant pastor. So pray with us that we are hoping to get this next year, 2021. We are hoping, we are planning on being there in February, but that's not going to happen. So we're hoping sometime before the year's over in 2021, we're going to go in, take a team. We're going to physically build a church building for that young man who's out uh, on the front lines doing apostolic ministry. Okay, let's hit our scripture. Uh, Isaiah 9, 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Wow. Those are some amazing descriptive titles, names, for our amazing God. I, I heard of a family uh, when their son was born, he, he was born and his arm was pointed up like this and, and immediately they thought of Superman. And so this crazy family, they actually wanted to name the kid Superman, but then they were persuaded not to do that. And if they would have actually done that, can you imagine? I mean, could that kid ever live up to that name? There's <laughs> no way, no way. I mean, look at this list of names. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Can Jesus live up to those names? 
Absolutely. Not only can he, but he does. He, he, he is the embodiment of all of those things and so many more. We, uh, this morning, we're, we're the wonderful counselor. I mean, we know him. Those of you who have walked with Christ have walked in his counsel. You've, you understand how the Holy Spirit does that. Mighty God, he can bring us through circumstances no matter what we go through in this life. Uh, we don't have time to, to, to dive into those, but I just want to briefly talk a little bit about uh, learning that Jesus Messiah lives up to his title of Everlasting Father. Everlasting Father. He does that by caring for us and training us in ways of righteousness in the title Prince of Peace by making us whole again. Everlasting Father. Now, I know um, some of us not, might not have a real good image of Father, and unfortunately that seems to be even more true in our culture and society today, and so everlasting Father might be something maybe you don't understand, or you know, maybe temporary Father might be a, a better description of the image you have of Father. But you know what? Whoever we are, no matter what we've been through, no matter what your family situation was like or is like, that doesn't change the fact that he will be there forever. That's what everlasting father means. You can count on him. He's not going anywhere. Everlasting father. Unlike, you know, some of our broken relationships in this life, that's not going to happen when you look to him. When you look to the everlasting father, he, he will provide for us or watch over us and sometimes he even has to you know, discipline us because of his love. What do we want, you know, to, to hear from a father? I, I know when my dad, you know, says, hey, I love you, you know, I'm, I'm proud of you. Man, that's great. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, that affirmation is, we all want to hear affirmation. We want approval. And Jesus says, our, our everlasting father gives me acceptance. He gives me approval. No matter, you know, if you've ever experienced that in, in your earthly relationships or not, you can count on it. He's there for you. John 3.17 says, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Not to condemn us. He's on our side. He wants to save us. He's not waiting for me to perform. He doesn't put me on a trial period to see if I'm worthy, you know, of his... I mean, no because of his nature, because he's our everlasting father, he lavishes his love on me. He loves every one of us. He lavishes his love upon all people. You know, he, uh, <laughs> he whispers in our ears, keep going, I'm proud of you. You're gonna make it, you're gonna go far. I see great things in you. That's our father, our everlasting father. Your father may or may not have ever given you such affirmation, but you can find that in our everlasting father. It's the Sunday before Christmas. We gathered this morning to celebrate the fact that God, the creator of the universe, he was so crazy about you and me that he sent his son, his very best, the best gift he could give in the form of a little baby to come to live, 
to give his life as a sacrifice, to, to raise up victoriously so that we can have relationship with him. That's how much he loves us. That's how crazy he is about you. Maybe you're here this morning and you need to be reminded of that. You need to hear that today. You know what? You don't disappoint God. <laughs> when, when you've looked to him, he, you know what? He is there for you. He believes in you. He wants the best for you. He's crazy about you. There's another side to him as well as being a good father is sometimes he gives discipline when we need that because the scripture says that um, Proverbs 3.11, my son, do not despise the Lord's discipline. Do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father the son he delights in. So he doesn't just simply accept me and approve me and say he's proud of me. He believes in me so much and he loves me so much that he wants to conform me to the image of his son. And so there's times when if I'm getting off track, he, he's going to discipline me and he's going, to, he's going to help get me in the right direction because he loves me. He wants me to reach my potential. He wants me to live this life to the fullest. You know what I think is such a tragedy, and um, I, I think parents, you could probably relate to this, is, is when children don't live up to their fullest potential. I mean, because you know them. You, you've watched them. You've loved them. You've prayed for them. You've, you've raised them. And, 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 and there's, I think God is the same way with us, that it brings it breaks his heart when he looks and he says, I've, I've gifted you. I've provided my Holy Spirit for you. I, you have the word of God. I'm your counselor. You have all the wisdom. You have everything you need to accomplish so much. And sometimes we're just so busy and we just get bogged down. We get distracted. And... Um, we just, uh, you know, our lives slip away. And man, God doesn't want us to live with regrets. He wants us to live to the fullest of the potential that he's created us to live with. That's the kind of father that he is. So he's a wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father. And finally this morning, he is the prince of peace. He's the prince of peace. When when he was born, when Jesus was born at manger, do you remember what happened? Luke 2 gives us a record of that account. And it says, Suddenly there was this great company of heavenly hosts. They appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. So what kind of peace is Jesus the prince of? And if we want to understand that a little bit better, we've got to go back to the root meaning of the Hebrew word, which is uh, shalom. And it's translated peace here in Isaiah 9, 6. The Messiah will be called the Prince of Shalom. And, and the simple translation, it, you know, most often is just the word peace. But it carries a, a lot more with it than that. Really, this, this concept here means wholeness and completeness, wholeness and completeness. It's, it's linked strongly also with the concept of justice. Maybe you've heard no justice, no peace. So the opposite of 
shalom or peace is not uh, war, rather it's, it's chaos. To, to help you understand the, this concept better. So when Isaiah writes that the coming Messiah would be called the Prince of Shalom, Prince of Peace, he's not saying that, you know, that Jesus the Messiah would come and just bring warm fuzzies and everybody's going to love each other and it's going to get along and that'll all be nice. I mean, it's so much more than that. As Prince of Peace, Jesus brings order and wholeness into the chaos of our world. And how many know we could use a little more of that? We could use a little more of that. Jesus the Messiah is the prince that brings shalom. He brings order to the chaos of our world, into the chaos of our individual lives. And I don't know about you, but I need that. I need that. The only way he can do this is when we give him complete authority when we yield ourselves completely to him and allow him to replace the chaos, our distractions, our shortcomings, our failures, our sin, all of our disappointments with his completeness, with his wholeness, with his peace. So many people are running after so many things in this life. They go from one thing to the next, they pursue this, they pursue, pursue that, and the enemy is, is so good at just deceiving us and lying to us, and we chase down this bunny trail, we chase, and we're looking for that peace. We're looking for that wholeness, we're looking for some purpose, some sense of fulfillment and satisfaction in this crazy world, in this crazy life, and it eludes us. Well, hey, we've been promised the Prince of Peace. Well, take all that chaos, all of our stuff, and it's in His hands. He presents us whole. Man, that's good news. Isn't that good news today? It's not just for our lives as individuals, but then it goes to our community, our nation, and ultimately the world. There was a gentleman that woke up very early on a, one morning, and I guess it was about five o'clock in the morning, and he, uh, he, he, he was up, and so he, his wife was still sleeping, children were in bed. He thought, you know what, I'm just gonna take advantage of this time, and he went down to the kitchen, brewed some coffee, and looking forward to reading his paper, his morning newspaper, and he just opens it up, and he gets started on an article, and. Here comes his five-year-old daughter down the stairs. <laughs> and he says, honey, it's so, it's so early. You need to go back to bed. Oh, Daddy, I'm not tired. Well, he, he wants to read his newspaper. So he's like, sweetheart, really, it's so early. And she said, Daddy, no, I'm, I'm not tired. So he's like, okay, you know, come on down. And he opens up his paper and, and he got an idea. There's a picture of the world. Uh, in the newspaper. And so he had this idea. He cut it all up in pieces and he handed his daughter some scotch tape and he said, honey, why don't you go into the dining room and you can put the, the, world, the world back together. He made a puzzle for her. So he was pretty, you know, he thought, man, I got me some time. He goes back into the kitchen. He takes a few more sips of coffee, just ready to 
enjoy his newspaper and she comes bounding into the kitchen. She says, Daddy, I'm finished. And she handed him this picture of the world all put back together and he was amazed. And, and he looked at his little girl and he said, Honey, he said, how did you do that so fast? And she said, Oh, it was easy, Daddy. She said, On the other side of the page was a picture of a man. She said, If you make the man right, then the world is right. As Prince of Peace, that's what Jesus came to do. He came to make the man right, which will make the world right. I'd like you to stand with me, please, this morning. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Would you close your eyes with me right now? And I want you to try to just even begin to imagine all the connotations of these titles of our living God, Wonderful Counselor. What does that mean to you? Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. It's quite a list. A lot of incredible names to live up to, but he can do it. Only he can do it. In fact, there are many of you here today who can share, you could share your life story of how he has done this time and time again in your life and in your family. He has provided that counsel. He has proven himself mighty in your time of need. You've rested in your father's arms. You've experienced his peace. Maybe if you're here this morning and, and that isn't your experience. Wow. <laughs> As we go into this Christmas week, the time that we celebrate the miracle of God coming to us to provide a way for us to know him on a personal basis. Wouldn't you just ask him to come into your heart even right now? Just let him know that you're sorry for doing things on your own, for the failures of sin. Confess that to him. Ask him to come and be all, all that he wants to be. You know, as we, I, I know that it's kind of a crazy Christmas this year that not as many families, extended family members are uh, going to be together quite as much in a lot of cases. But it's a real good time to think of our family, our extended family, because Maybe some of them don't know the wonderful counselor. Maybe some of them haven't experienced his might or the embrace of the Father's arms or the kind of peace that we can only experience through a relationship with him. And so I want to encourage you, the best Christmas gift you could possibly give to not only family and friends and coworkers, is sharing, sharing this good news with them. 
Father, again, we just express our gratitude. Where would we be without Jesus? Where would we be? Lord, I can't imagine doing this life without your counsel. Without the power you provide to get through every challenge, every difficult circumstance that we face. I can't even imagine doing this life without being able to say, Abba, Father, and, and, and come to you and cry out. My, my heart's needs to you and be able to sense your embrace. And God, you know, you know so much better than we do that we need peace as individuals, as communities, as a country, as a world. We need the Prince of Peace in our lives. So we yield ourselves to you anew and afresh. God, we don't ever want to hoard this incredible gift that you've given to us, this gift of salvation, but help us to share it as well. Lord, we've heard a mission report today of how this gift is being shared in several different countries, very needy, unreached areas, countries. Continue to empower those pastors, those servants on the ground. Bless them and use them to share this gift, this gift of salvation to so many. Help us to do that right at home in our spheres of influence as well. We bless you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for a new message every single week. And as always, from all of us at Cranberry Community Church, may God bless you.